Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Awkward Silence program. It's a big wave for all my friends at home. Show that takes you from the spotlight into the green room with some of your favorite stand-up comics, as well as some of the best undiscovered talent here in Vegas. I'm Brian Malika, and look, it's the lovely and talented Matt Markman. Hey, so how's everybody brother? doing? Good to have you back. <laughs> right? Good to be back. We're recording and everything. Yeah, we got our fucking that. shit works out. The first try. Let's well, try it. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> uh, really quickly, let me just say, if you're watching us live, like uh, like our very own Brant Tobler is watching Brandt us Tobler, live. The great Brant Tobler. Right. We'll be talking about Brant in a moment, extensively. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, participate in the live chat. You can always email me, awkward, at vegasvideonetwork.com. We're on iTunes, the whole nine yards. So it's just me and you hanging out today, man. That's it. Um, we, uh, Brant is off on another whirlwind adventure right. in Los Angeles. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had uh, an awesome headliner uh, scheduled. He was excited to do it. And I'm going to give him a plug anyway because I'm a big fan of this guy. He's one of my favorites. I Butch love Bradley. Guy. Really funny guy. Butch Bradley. He's going to be down at uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the Tropicana. Go see him. He's, he, you, you will not be disappointed. He's, he's really funny. Uh, and, uh, and he was excited to do it. Uh, but unfortunately, they, they start a little earlier uh, at Brad Garrett. They do an 8 o'clock show. And so we go live at 6, and uh, it's still, we're not that far from the studio, so I figured it, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, but it was weird, because I, I talked to Butch on the phone, and, uh, and he, if you've ever seen Butch, he's, uh, uh, I don't want to say, his, his stage persona comes off as a little bit neurotic, you know what I mean, and a little, <laughs> yeah. little bit anxious. Uh, and uh, obviously it's played up for the stage, but a part of it, you know, is, is who he is, because he was saying, he's like, it, it's just too, too tight. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't so much that he thought, I won't be there at 8 o'clock when the show starts. He was basically saying, look, he's like, when, when I do a show, i got to get into my own head. I need time to kind of prepare mentally uh, for, for what the show's going to be. And I just thought that was awesome. It's a guy who's been doing this for 20 years. He just annihilates every night. Yeah. Uh, but he still needs sort of that time, you know, to, to kind of sort of get into who he is. And stand-up's so weird because every comic will sort of do things a little bit differently when it comes to prepping for a show and what that means to different comics. Uh, I know some comics that literally have never written anything down. They just kind of, you know, like go through some sort of mental Rolodex mm -hmm. and figure, I'll just do this. Uh, so I want to talk to you. Well, what's, uh, what's your process like when, when you know you're doing a show? Uh, I used to be like that. I used to not want anybody around me when I first started. Yeah. I, I'd be like, just leave me alone. And people would talk and I would just get irritated and just yeah. not know how to just tell them, you know, fuck off for <laughs> just a minute, you know. Just let me get in my head because, you know, and, and I still am that way, but not like I used to be. I used to have to sit there and just... You know, everything, just go through it in my head. You know, I would just go recess into a corner where nobody could be around yeah. me. I, I've gotten better at being able to just, like, talk to people. I guess it all depends on the importance of the show, too. Yeah, that's true. A, b a bigger show, you, yeah. you, you tend to, you, it, it's weird how, like, your brain works. It's the same jokes. It's the yeah. same crowd, you know what I mean? But you, you can blow up, uh, you know, doing the same shit you do every night right. uh, to, like, astronomical proportions yeah. in your own head. That's why most comics are their own worst enemy. I, I know that I've choked about any major show that you know, I've perceived as majors, I've just choked. Because you know, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I, just, uh, I get too far into my own head. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like that too. Uh, and again, I've, I've worked on getting better, but like people that, that want to hang out like before a show, I'm like, how about after a show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you'd actually like me to participate in the hanging out part. <laughs> but, uh, but it's weird, I, have, I actually have a great story about Brant. Uh, one of the first, uh, when I first started working again, uh, this is when the LA Comedy Club was back at uh, Planet Hollywood. Uh -huh. I was sitting there, I was just doing the S-Spot, I think, uh, and I brought a buddy of mine along, and we're just kind of sitting there, and uh, uh, Brant was hosting that particular night, and you know, so I'm, I'm all pacing, and I had met Brant the, the first time I was there, and I'm asking uh, Matt, I'm like, is, is the host here yet? Who's hosting, you know? Like, I, like I, you know, I was just all freaked out, and uh, he's like, Brant, I'll be here, and so uh, we're sitting there, and uh, up the stairs comes this guy, you know, beard, backwards hat, backpack. He literally like dropped his backpack and just started walking up to the stage. And I remember thinking, what the fuck, man? Like, how can anybody be that calm yeah. all the time? But that's, that's why Brand's great. You know, it's, it's sort of his, his process. Like, you just don't get the feeling that some comics uh, get that, you know, sort of worked up about it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad, but it's working. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I get complacent and then I end up paying for it. Like, uh, yeah. I did a um, Sin City last week, I think it was, and uh, mm -hmm. I got up and I was doing my, sh my stuff. Brant was there. He can even tell you my wife was there. And I forgot a joke that I've been doing for years. It's like basically it's probably my second best joke. Yeah. And I was sitting there telling it and I'm telling it to the audience and all of a sudden I just stop. And I, I just like, you know how you're like telling a joke and you just check out because you know how the yeah, joke goes. Exactly. It's you're thinking, memory, what's the yeah. next joke that I'm going to do? What am I going to yeah. talk about these people? And all of a sudden my brain just like was like, hey, you're fucking this joke up. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was your like, your brain heckled you. You're like, yeah. hey, boo. Hey, wake up, asshole. We got work to do. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was just like, realized I am totally screwing up the front of this joke because I don't know how, but all of a sudden, I was just like, wow, I have fucked that joke up. And I, I go, let me see if I can start that again. And I started over. <laughs> that, and they let me never, do it. They really? let me do it. The audience wow. let me do it. And it went over great. And I said, see, that joke's a lot better when I do it right, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. I got off the stage and Brent, of course, gives me the same line. Is that your first time telling me that joke? <laughs> Good joke. You should try it a couple more times. Bastard. I once set up a joke and then did the punchline to another joke. <laughs> and then I caught myself. So I tried to do the same thing. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll let people in. I'm like, that's actually the punchline to another joke later on. Then I told the other joke. And they're like, nah, it wasn't that good either. I'm like, oh, I fucked up two jokes with one joke. Like, why aren't you laughing at that? That's genius. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that, that's fantastic. But uh, anyway, so uh, very sorry that it didn't work out with Butch. But uh, he, is, he is kind of excited about doing it. So he comes through Vegas regularly. So we will get Butch uh, on the show. Uh, and uh, and I will be very happy when that day comes. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about uh, Brand. So I mentioned second week in a row, Brand's been out in L.A. Uh -huh. And uh, and this because we were actually talking about this kind of with Rick D'Elia, so I, I wanted to ask you about it. So so Brand's kind of uh, you know he's he's kind of on a wave right now. You know he's he's got got some good momentum going, mm -hmm. uh, some cool things <clears> happening. Uh, and I know you've you and Brand have both mentioned to me uh, in the past that there's been sort of you know through through your group of of comics, you know whether they've been friends or just fellow comics uh, here in Vegas. There's been a few that have managed to kind of, uh, you know, jump up and, and kind of hit that next level of, of fame and notoriety. When that happens, what, what, what goes through your mind? I mean, is, it, is there some jealousy involved? Are you just kind of happy that, you know, one of your own made it? What, what happens with you? Um, I would say it's a little both. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of jealousy. You're like, oh, why am I not getting these opportunities? You know, I, I, I work my butt off, too. But then on the other hand, there's a, there's a whole other side of you that's just really excited for the fact that, hey, I started with the same time as that guy, and we were doing kind of the same things, and he's getting these opportunities, then maybe, you know, it's possible that I can have these opportunities. Because when sure. I first started out, it was a, you know, I want to try something. I want to try comedy. Like, you think maybe you can make a living out of it, but you're not sure. Right. You know, I think with anybody that starts anything, pretty much. So just to see that, you think, you know, they, yeah, okay, there, there's a, a light at the, you know, a, along this tunnel that I can get to this point, I can get to that point. So you start to get excited. You know, there's a lot of comics out there that, you know, that, were, that are doing well, that um, started in Las Vegas. And it's exciting to see, like Jay Reed, D-Lay, those guys are touring with uh, Bill Bellamy right now. Right. Doing like, big shows, and, and they deserve it. They busted their ass. And, you know, Brant, same thing, busted his ass, and he's, he's doing big things. And, but there's a lot of comics. So it's, it's exciting, but, yeah, there's always going to be, you know, comics, we're assholes, you know. You, of course. <laughs> if it's not happening to us, then, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Don't deserve <laughs> it. Uh, I was, after the show, actually, uh, Rick Dilley and I and, and, and Brant Scott, we were just kind of bullshitting for a while. And, uh, and Rick was talking about some of the guys that he came up with through the Boston scene in the early 90s. You know, and I mean, we're talking about, you know, like Dane Cook yeah. uh, and, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons and Bobby Kelly. So comics, you know, I mean, Dane Cook, the world knows, but even, you know, Fitzsimmons and, and Kelly, if you, if you know comedy, you know their names. Yeah. Uh, and so I was asking him, I'm like, is that, is that hard for you? And he said something that, well, maybe it was a line of bullshit, but it, but it kind of sort of resonated with me. He's like, you know, so maybe there's like eight guys out there doing it, you know, that I came out with. Uh, of those eight guys, I'm probably bottom of the totem pole. I'm like the eighth guy on that list. Mm -hmm. But I don't think about it like that. You know, he's like, I don't think like, oh, there's these eight guys and, you know, I'm, I'm the lowest on the fame ladder of the eight. Mm -hmm. I think about it as when I started, there were 60 guys that were part of my group. And of those 60, there's eight of us now. Yeah. So it's not like, <laughs> you even said that like a comic. I guess if you like being, <laughs> if you like being the worst of the non-quitters. Yeah, he doesn't want uh, Dane. <laughs> fuck Dane Cook's money. He doesn't want that shit. But it, it's kind of cool. But it, it, it all just goes to sort of how you, how you look at things. Like, you, know, you can always, every comic will look at somebody who's ahead of him and say, fuck, man. Like, so he's looking at, at you know, Dane saying, what happened? You know, him and I started together. Yeah. He's this crazy millionaire. He's in movies. Uh, you know, and, and, and here I am. And then I look at him, I'm like, you know, fucking Rick's, uh, the, guy's, the guy's crushing as a headliner on the road, has been for, you know, 15 years. Uh, you know, he produces shows for Showtime. That's awesome. You know, and then below the ladder, you know, there's some open micer, you know, might look at me and then say, oh, that guy is getting paid to do, and then they hang themselves because no one should ever look up. <laughs> uh, but but it, it, it's just weird. You always, as a comic, you always just sort of want that ring that's right there. Right. You know what I mean? And then you get it and you're like, oh, this ring sucks. Yeah. I want that <laughs> ring. That's the fucking awesome ring. It's true. There's yeah. a lot of comics that are, they'll come up to me and be all excited about what I'm doing. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, not, <laughs> it's all right. But, you know, I, and meanwhile, I'm like, I want to do what he's doing. Right. 
But that's, I mean, I think that's good, though. I you mean, have to. You have yeah. to want the next. It's, it's I don't like, want to be content ever. Right. It's like the people that are, like, middle management jobs, and they're just content to yeah, sort of, no. like, sit there. Like, that's, that's <laughs> kind of sad after a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about some of the, sh the shit that you've got going on. But really quickly, let's just get this out of the way. Let's do fit or fat. <laughs> can we do it? Yeah. There it is. Thank you. Really got to work on it. Is my ear abnormally red? What is going on with this today? The drinking? That's what sometimes uh, when I drink, my cheeks and my, my ears are probably red. I think Look at my ears. Oh my god, your ear. Like, yeah, both of our see. ears are like on fire. And my cheeks. When you gain weight, your ears are Oh, red. that's right. <laughs> I have fat ear. Um, okay, so last week I dropped three pounds. Yay! Uh, yay. This week I gained two pounds. But there's a reason. Go ahead. So much, right? It's still kind of sexy. <laughs> that's been shot. Still <laughs> sexy. Slowing down. Um, I'm uh, well, I'm working with Todd Paul next week, and God knows uh, I'm not. You know, I have not written enough material to write out all of the fat material that I have. That's a good. Call. So really, this was calculated on my part. <laughs> um, I'll be even fatter next week. Although I do, I will say, if I just keep doing that, losing weight, and then the next week gaining just one pound less than I lost, <laughs> in 30 years time I will hit my goal weight, <laughs> then watch out, ladies. And it gives you plenty of time to write a new material. <laughs> exactly, by that time, 30 years, I really hope I have a new act. Uh, all right, so there, everybody happy? We did it, moving on. Yay. Uh, so we've, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit last time <clears throat> you were here. You, you've kind of gotten to a place, uh, at least in the Vegas comedy scene, where you're doing some really great shows. Um, how, what's, first of all, what's been sort of like the, the biggest show for you? I know you talked about like sometimes you'll, you'll let nerves get, get a hold of you. What's the, what's the show that made you the most nervous that you've done? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's... Or what do you consider your biggest show? My biggest show? It's hard to say. Like when I got to open for uh, Stanhope, that was pretty big for me. Mm -hmm. I was in Brant's backyard, as you know. It was mm -hmm. like 250 people. Wasn't the biggest audience I've ever done, but I mean that's a, that's a guy who I've always looked up to. I mean, if I had to name three of my favorite comics, Stanhope would be in there. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like more of him seeing me perform. Um, but I mean, still, I, I still always, I find myself having more and more. You know, uh, Brian Regan came to a show once, and he got he like you know came up before the show, and he's like, I finally get to see you perform. Like, You're like, oh, oh I'll you. be dying. Appreciate that. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a guy I listened to growing up as a kid, a huge fan of him, and then. You know, that, to me, that's like so much bigger than like putting me in front of, you know, like 300 people. Yeah, the, you know, and I, like I've, I've, people always, there, I've always said the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm never afraid of a crowd. I don't care if it's 1,000 people or if it's 12 people. I, I can work that out. Uh -huh. I'm afraid of bombing in front of one wrong person. Yep. You know, that's why I, I hate having, uh, you know, family members go to a show or, or working with another comic that I really admire, that I really want to impress. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a, a coworker or something like that. Like that drives me nuts. I don't give a shit if a thousand people who I'm never gonna see again leave going, eh, you know, like I've been there, it's not that bad. Yeah. But someone that I know I have to <laughs> see the next day, like that's misery to me. Well, our job it. every day, we're establishing a first impression. Right. For, uh, you know, however many people. Right. It's like, you know, you know, most people don't have to do that. That's, their lives don't entail that. Right. They go to work, they see the same stupid people every day. Right. And they don't have to do that, but we have to do, we have to get up, tonight I have to get up and, it's, you know, establish with these people that I'm not a douchebag right. for like 200 people. And then tomorrow night I have to do it for another 200 people. Right. It's just, and that's a lot of pressure. Right. It's just... You're actually freaking me out. <laughs> but we got a question, Scott? Yes, uh, somebody on the chat named Tobler okay. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. has asked me to ask Matt about puking before a show. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that uh, last time you were here. Yes, I, I, sometimes yes, we you will, uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm still a guy that gets nervous before every show, regardless of, you know, who I'm working with or, or you know, if it's a Tuesday night, 12 people show. I'll still get nervous. And you said that sometimes, yeah, that'll, that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, even like, uh, like say we do this, this open mic on Mondays, you know, I was... Not as much, but just a little bit nervous. But, you know, you start to care less about that. It's the ones that you really care about, I think, that you really, you know, I still like anything that's like a, like a you know, a comedy setting. Mm -hmm. It's like a club or, right. uh, you know, working with like these big guys. Yeah, I get, I get, I get nauseous. Yeah. A little dry and, and even. Brent has a follow-up question. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, yes. And he wants to know, what's the most amount of puke you have uh, released? That's a very good question, Brant. Thank you. Uh, I think it's a um, medical question, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> It's usually not a lot because I'm pretty smart. I've pretty gotten to the point where I don't eat 
yeah. past like one o'clock noon on days that I know. You like the before. comedy gremlin? Pretty much. Don't, Don't feed him after one. Afternoon, I'll throw up on your shoes. Shit, shit goes wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, I've gotten pretty good at controlling that, and I mostly just dry heave, which I'm sure my throat <laughs> probably looks like hell. Yeah, I'm probably a study somewhere eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been times where I've been cocky and and I'd eat something a couple hours before, and uh, yeah, that whole thing's done, and maybe a little bit from the morning. <laughs> I've a- peed pretty good before. Yeah. Yeah, we did a show at Pendleton, and um, at Camp Pendleton, it was. That was probably one of my biggest shows. I was really excited about that perform for the Marines, and uh, you know, half of them were shipping out the next day. I mean, it was just pretty exciting to, to be able to go out there and do that. And um, they were doing a story about us, and one of the biggest things was they'd all known this story, and they couldn't wait to get a picture of me vomiting. Uh, and there's actually a picture in the paper of me just <laughs> leaning over the porcelain bowl. just, <laughs> And it's in the paper, and it's just part of me. I don't give a shit anymore. I mean, yeah. But you know, the, I don't know if we have time for this but <laughs> but we got nothing know, we, got, we got a lot of people coming exactly. in exactly um but the vomiting thing is it's funny because i used to be 10 times worse i used to vomit like when in high school when i had like a presentation due or um parties going to parties with friends going out on dates i used to be the most neurotic anxiety filled goofball on the planet and right. it was it used to control my life i was trying to be a firefighter for a while and i was going to a fire academy in boulder city and um, I had to drop out because I was literally throwing up at the academy. I was because of nerves. Right. But um, yeah, I, yeah. thank you for laughing, Scott. Nobody. Yeah. People could have died. <laughs> uh, a supportive laugh. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope you're better now. Um, but it ruled my life. I mean, I used to cancel plans. I used to not go be social because of that. But then I got in. Uh, for some reason, I got into comedy, which for me, like one of the hardest things in the world. And now, that's the only thing that makes me sick. Like anything else in the world, like I am just the most comfortable person in the world. Right. So it took, I mean, I, and I took medication. I, I went, I read books. I uh, went to hypnotist to try and help me with my anxiety. Jesus. And the only thing that worked was getting in front of a crowd and being goofy. That's the most backwards thing I've ever it's heard ridiculous. in my life. It's totally ridiculous, but it, it saved my life because it, it, I don't have anxiety in other aspects of my life. Like little things like going out on a date. Just married. the one thing that you want to do for the Yeah, rest the of one your thing life. that's going to pay my bills. That's cool. <laughs> it's uh, just a little vomit. <laughs> well, look, uh, that's not, not so bad. A little dry heaving. If you see a comic vomiting, it's not that big of a deal. You see your firefighter vomiting exactly. before he's coming in to save your life, that's a bad day. You're like, fuck this. That wouldn't work. Yeah, no. Popping so, the mask off in the middle of a nice fire. Hold on, gun. Yeah, yeah. Ah. A little smoke in there at the same time. I'm done the first day. Uh, it's a bad scene. Just different hose in comedy. Right. Um, I don't know, man. But uh, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, and I think a lot of comics are like this. You know, we're... At least I know for me, when I'm when I'm doing stand up, it's that's the that's the person I wish I was. You know what I mean? Like I get to be the that person confident. that I wish. Yeah, I'm confident and I'm and I'm you know uh, you know sort of command. I get to sort of command attention and command a stage. When in my real life, I'm 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 shy uh, and I'm like voted most likely to apologize for something that he didn't really do <laughs> just to stay out of trouble. Like um, I'm that guy. But you know, when I, for for that you know moment that I'm on stage, I get to be confident. I get to start shit with whoever I want. I get to be a bully for a little while. Uh-huh. It's sort of you know it's sort of cool. And then and then I, you know I come off and I'm like oh now back to my fucking shit stuff. But would you say that like maybe there's like a different Brian before you started and after you started yeah, off stage? For sure. Like off stage, you're probably way more calm because you just don't give a shit. <laughs> right. You're like I've. Stop, I bombed in front of 300 people. What? Right, exactly. I'm really not that worried about saying the wrong thing to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Now that, yeah, that happens. Pretty. Yeah. But I don't know. Do, do you feel like you're like that? Oh, that's what I was saying, 100%. I, I'm like, I, people like meet me now that I knew when I was a kid, and they're like, you used to be the shyest person. You'd be the guy holding my on, behind your mom, holding onto her dress, and I was right. the shyest little kid in the world, never said a word. Right. And they're like, you do comedy? You seriously do comedy? I get I'm a lot like, of that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a... Like a 180. Yeah. I mean, I was always funny, but like in the corner to my dolls, probably. Right. That's about it. Dolls. We'll, we'll talk about dolls. Joe's. Yeah, I chose, not dolls. Uh, I know what that I is. heard. <laughs> well, that's now. I right. Blow up dolls. Which is totally not sad at exactly. all. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, so going back to kind of Brandt a little bit, we we talked very briefly about this last time you were here. Do you at any point think I just got to fucking cut the tie, man? I got I got to go out and I gotta just you know. We we'll cut the tie to Brandt. Yes. <laughs> Brandt is holding He's me out. back. Brandt is no, out. <laughs> I'm saying just, you know, because you and I, we both work day jobs. Uh-huh. Uh, like, do you ever just say, you know, I, I got to fucking do this? Because, you know, we, we've talked about this before. And I was one of those guys, biggest proponent of, you know, starving artists. If you're a starving artist, it's because you're stupid. 
All right, you can work a job and still do your art. But, but it gets to a point where, uh, I mean, you know, Brant's hilarious, but you're hilarious too. And I mean, so, you know, when you talk about, you know, he's sort of riding this wave, a part of it is because he's got, he's got nothing else yeah. holding him back. You yeah. know what I mean? He can, if, if, if everyone's hanging out till four, why not? I ain't out till four. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if somebody calls and says, hey, you want to come on Wednesday and do this uh, set late night in LA? He's like, of course I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, where you might not be able to, same with me. So at any point, you just say, I got to do this, man. I've, gotta, I've just got to go balls out and, and, just, and just immerse myself. It's getting really close. Yeah. Um, I, I think it helps that uh, my job sucks. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> and I'm tired of getting yelled at by old people. <laughs> and, uh, and it just, yeah, it blows donkeys and, um, and it's getting really easy. Yeah. Like, I just say, you know, you go and do a show and, you know, not trying to brag or anything, but you do a great show and all these people are coming off. You are so funny. Oh, my God. You, yeah. We had so much fun. We're going to, we want to come see you again. And then the next day you go and, and some guy's giving you a hard time because his lower tab's like $2 more expensive. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. Man, like, really? They were carrying me out of the place. I was a hero last <laughs> night. <laughs> and now I'm a dick for $2? Here's $2. <laughs> Shut up. It just sucks. Yeah. Tell me I'm good. So that makes me want to get that. <laughs> What's up, Scott? Brant misses being here. Huh. Quite clearly. Brent's next question is, how important is it that they both have very supportive wives? That's yeah. huge. Do you I do. Uh, literally, my wife supported me uh, right, yeah. when, 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 I was, when I was doing stand-up sort of full-time. So uh, it, it's the only way to do it. Because, look, I mean, it's, it's this weird sort of fringe career, all right? Mm -hmm. And there's a billion reasons to not do it. And if you have a woman at your house that reminds you of all of those billions of reasons that you shouldn't be doing it every time you're going out and every time you're coming home, that's fucking misery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I've yeah. said it before. There's no reason to do stand-up uh, other than you just have to. You love it that much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody ever falls into it. My dad was a comic and his dad before him. So, if, like, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> the only reason to do it is because you, you have a passion to do it. So, like, you don't want to be told uh, by, by this person, like, yeah, look, why, why don't you give it up? You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah, and, and I like I know my my dad was was that. He, he's like, you got a fun hobby. Uh, I hear AOL's hiring. I'm like, Dad, no one has AOL anymore. <laughs> of course they're hiring. So has landlines anymore. Matt, has your wife said jump? Are we talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, she's very on it. I mean, I mean, we have bills and stuff like that. But I mean, we're we're. She's very. She at one point she said. Let's just quit our jobs, get a RV, and go on the road. Like she's ready to go on the road with me. And I mean, I mean that that's just that's awesome. I mean, I'm more realistic about the fact. The biggest problem is that all of our families are here. My my wife's families are pretty much our whole families here. My my whole family's here. So that, that's kind of hard. But um, but I know I got to do it now. You know, we just got married. We're gonna have probably um, kids in a couple of years. But I want to start doing do it the now. road stuff now. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to happen. It's just it's probably me holding it back more than anything. It's just scary. Well, and, and you know, and life has a way of, of sort of like, it's never going to get easier. That's what no. I've learned. You yeah. know what I mean? Because when I was doing full time, then quit to do the show, then the show gets canceled, and I got to get a job because, you know, I have a kid. In my mind, I was still thinking, you know, let's give it a couple years, you know, let the kid grow up a little bit, uh, you know, get things more stable, and then I'm going to go back out and do it again. Well, that, that opportunity still exists, but it is. It's scary now because, you know, it, it's never, like I said, if, if you're in debt, you're probably going to get into more debt. Uh, you know, if, if you have a wife, you might have a kid at some point. Yeah. So, so it just sort of life compounds and, and, makes, and makes it harder. So there's a million reasons to not do it. Yeah. Uh, so, Brian, are you thinking about trying to jump in again? Eventually, I think I will. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, and I don't know to what extent. You know, uh, it, it, like, like I said, especially uh, Louis C.K. has a... Has a a, a brilliant joke, uh, and it's about it's it's about divorce, but it's sort of the same. Uh, where he's like, you know, you're you're uh, you're with your uh, you know you you get married, and uh, and you start arguing a lot with your wife, and you're not getting along. And you think to yourself, God damn it, I wish I could leave. And then you have kids, and you think to yourself, Fuck, I could have left. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, it's the same sort of thing with stand up. You know what I mean? It's like ah, oh, you know, here I am. Maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just cut ties and 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 go. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years go by, and uh, you, maybe you got a house, and maybe you got a kid, or maybe whatever, you got a bunch of debt, and you look mm -hmm. back, you're like, I could have fucking done it. Yeah. Like, it would have been so easy. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's easier to kind of look back. <laughs> Not that I'm making you go home and have a really uncomfortable conversation <laughs> with your wife or anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think at some point I'd, I'd 
you know, I'd, I'd like to, to kind of go back out in, in some way and do it again. I don't, I don't think I'll ever do it the way I did it. I don't think I could do... Just move to a city, you think maybe you do more like road work? Maybe something like that, you know what I mean? Somewhere where I could still be, be home for a part of it, you know? Because yeah. uh, to, to be on the road, yeah, my, I think I did like 38 weeks at my, the most I ever worked. Uh, I don't think I could do that now, you know what I mean? Like, that's depressing. I think everybody has worked with a comic. That's fine, don't worry about that. Uh, everyone's worked with a comic uh, that, that like, has to make the uncomfortable phone call to his kid from the green room. Oh, and yeah. he's got, like, a warm Heineken. <laughs> and it's just, it's, like, it's uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to be that dad. That's right. shitty. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'll do it again in, in some way because, like I said, like, anybody who's done stand-up will tell you, like, you, you kind of have to. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's, hard, it's harder now. When I was away from it for three years, that was easier than now where... Every couple weeks I'm doing a show, and then you know every couple months I'll get a week, you know, and then uh, I know in a couple months I'll go, and you know my, my family's in Arizona, so I know I can always book a, a week or two in Arizona, and I'll mm -hmm. see my family, and I'll, you know like that's harder for me. I'd, I'd rather just be either working constantly or just be done, because it, it, it's 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 too hard to yeah. kind of keep jumping in and out. So. When you were doing it though, was it the the money was better though, wasn't it? To like feature to go on the road and feature than it is now. Because that, that's the other thing I hear is like you look at the money that's all being offered there and just about every single person, you know, I did that World Series of Comedy, a lot of people, um, I got a lot of work out of it, but then you call them up and they're like, well, I don't even know if it's worth it for you to come all the way out here, you know, I can only yeah. give you this much. And, and we used to do, you know, Tuesday through Sunday, but now we only do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. one show a night, so I'm only offering this much. It's, it's so true. It and makes it so much harder to go out there. I mean, I want to. Honestly, I was ready to, once I got that, I was ready to go, all right, let's schedule them for the end of the year and let's, let's do this. But it's just, yeah. you know, and then getting to them, you know, because West Coast is just like, there's it's nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's all Midwest right. and East Coast is a lot of it. Yeah. It's just, it seems like it's really hard to do now. It is. It's hard. feature. It's hard to make a living. And that's one of the things, you know, that, that I always bring up. I, I, I don't think uh, the career of stand-up exists the way it used to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there was a window when I was coming up that you could absolutely be a full-time road comic. Uh, and it's funny because that's another thing Rick was saying, you know, and he was probably looking, you know, so I was looking uh, back at when I started and then he was uh, looking back at when he started. Uh -huh. You know, by the time he got to the years that I was starting, he was probably thinking to himself, fuck, man, there used to be so much work. Now there's none. <laughs> you know, and I was, you know, fucking coming up. I'm like, oh, there's work everywhere. Now I think, man, I can't, I can't take any of this yeah. work. So it is. It's, it's, it's hard. So you have to sort of find, find a niche. You know, mm -hmm. the, the one perk of, of living in, in Vegas that I have found is... It's the only place where your audience changes. You know what I mean? Every other place, you have your, your hardcore group of, of fans, of comedy fans in whatever city you're in, mm -hmm. and then you gotta bring, you gotta rotate the comedy around them. In Vegas, uh, if, if, you, if you can really get in good, which is impossible to do, you know way better than me, it's really hard to do, <laughs> yeah. but it's the only place that you can work regularly at the same place because your audience will rotate because mm -hmm. uh, there's always new people coming in. So why, you said, you know, you can't do, you can't be in Vegas and be big in Vegas. I would think that you could. I mean, I think, I think the outside world thinks, God, there's a lot of comedy places. You can get your own room, blah, blah, blah. People are blowing up here. Is it, is it, so you really can't be a, a full-time, professional, well-paid comedian and be in Las Vegas? I'll, I'll defer to you on this. You've been, you've been in this scene longer than I have. Well, I, I just, I don't think, I, I think there's a lot of things holding you back. One, when you start out here, People look at you that way. Like I think as you're coming up through the clubs, you're almost looked at like, you know, he started. I remember when this guy started and he was working for us for free. So to build, to go up that ladder, it makes it. it it's very difficult because they're almost always like, you know, like when you grow up with somebody, they're always, oh, that's that, that's little Matt. You know, we always knew little Matt. You know, right. Just, I think it becomes that much harder to get to that next level. Um, <clears throat> but then the other thing too is to have a show in Vegas, you also have to be a draw. You, know, you have to have a lot of people wanting to come too. Um, the show, you know, and it's like nobody knows who the hell I am. Right, and, and the other thing, come to see me. and the other thing I've learned is, with the exception of, of really a handful of rooms, uh, the clubs here are content to use the same people they've used forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they know what they're getting. Uh, there's not a lot of incentive. Uh, you know, that's the downside of being able to work so regularly. They can bring in the same sort of comics regularly, mm -hmm. uh, whereas you know. A, a, club in, in another city has to, you know, if you're featured twice a year max. Yep. That's not the case here. Yeah. So they can bring in their favorites and just work them over and over again. There's not an incentive for them to gamble on, on somebody they don't know yeah. uh, like there is in, in a different place. So Brandon has produced his own show in Wyoming. Why can't great comedians produce their own show in Las Vegas? Buy a room, do a four-wall deal, small room. 
And, and I think there's too much. There's too much competition. There's I mean, competition. what was what was Brandt? Uh, I mean, obviously he's from there, so he's got a great fan base. But uh, at the same time, what was he competing against? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, like. Uh, there was nothing going on there. Right. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing going on. I mean, in Vegas, even if you're a draw, I mean, George Wallace is a fucking hilarious comic, you yeah. know, and has been for thirty some odd years. Uh, it, yeah. it, this competition's in the same casino. Yeah, exactly. You I know, mean, even so, the one, the same building that you're in, there's like. 30 different things to do in that building, whether it be gambling, drinking, going to, you know, a different a show, different show yeah. a free show. You know, there's just so much competition. I just, and it, the fact that we're not a draw, like I said, if I was a Carrot Top, then yeah, okay, people are going to see, oh, we know Carrot Top. Right. We recognize that name. We're going to go see that show. Right. But I don't, I, I think it's just so much harder to build a brand here in Las Vegas. I think it would be, you know, like I said, just you and I, we just did the Awkward Science Tour. Right, exactly. So, you know, you'd have to build it, but like by word of mouth, I mean, it, it, I think it'd be very difficult. So it sounds like then there is no hope for a comedian <laughs> who wants to be in Las Vegas forever. Well, you ask any comic and they'll tell you there's no hope. Uh, we've, we've known that for years. <laughs> uh, it, it's hard. I mean, I think if, if you're one of those that, that does manage to work his way in, I think it's, it's great. I mean, there's, there's a million great comics, uh, you know, that, that you can open for. Like, you know, I think you've, you've had a lot of success. Uh, you know, positioning yourself, uh, you know, to, to open for a lot of great comics when they come to town. Mm -hmm. So I think that exists. Like that, you know, doing a, uh, being a comic in, in that regard mm -hmm. um, while, while you're on your way up, that exists. And, and I think this is a good place to do that. Well, that's a good question then. Well, then how do you leverage that? You've opened for some pretty big name comics. Mm -hmm. How do you leverage that so you can get to the next level? Or, or, or can you personally leverage that? I think I could, but I think it would have to do it in another city. I think I would have to go to like L.A., and walk into, say, um, uh, the Laugh Factory, and I look around and I see, hey, there's you know, Doug Benson. I work with Doug Benson. There's uh, you know, whoever, any of the people that I've worked with, and they would probably be like, oh, I've seen this guy. He's funny. Right. Maybe we should give him a shot. And, and I think the other thing is maybe one of these guys, like um, Jay Reed and D-Lay, they did that competition. They came in, um, I think it was first and second, and Bill Bellamy now tours with them. So they have a draw, Bill Bellamy. And then they're both opening for him. They're both funny. And, that, and that's the other way, I think, is to get one of these guys to say, hey, you're so funny, I'm going to take you with me. A lot of them already have really funny guys that they know or came up with. You know, like I imagine, like, you know, like if I were to have my choice, if I were a headliner, had my choice of someone to bring with me, you know, I would pick like a Brant Tober, somebody I've known for years, somebody I trust, somebody I like, somebody I like hanging out with. Right. That's the other thing, too. You know, I've hung out with some comics that I just cannot stand. Well, what happens, if a <laughs> what happens if a comic, you open for a big comic, and he goes, Matt, man, I think you're all that, a bag of chips. I want you to come out with me next week and tour for three weeks with me. Do you have to turn that down because of the full-time gig? No, I'd do it. Yeah, I think so. I honestly, I, I, I thought about that, and I, I, I'd be like, you know, this is the opportunity that I've been looking for. So then, but would you would probably lose your job then. Probably. But there's other jobs out there. Yeah, exactly. It's not the job I want. Right. You know, it's 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 uh, it's safe, and it's it would be very scary. It would scare the hell out of me to do that. But um, but that would be awesome. You know, it's like you know, then you go out and you get seen by these clubs, and and say the tour ends, and then you you gotta you know you go from there. Then you start going, hey, I've just been on the road touring with whoever for the last six months. Can I get a gig? You know, I would probably use that as a launching point. I, I think that would be probably one of the best things that could ever happen to me. So. Yeah, I agree. It That'd gets be to, awesome. Yeah, it gets to a point where, where you do just... Do you know somebody? <laughs> yeah, is it... Is somebody you know somebody called, says I'm really I've had several people call. Because if he's not available... <laughs> well, I, I'm taking uh, the Todd Paul approaches. I've had a lot of people ask, but they haven't been nice to me. So I said, nah, I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, working full-time job and everything. Does, that, does everybody you work with know that you do stand-up? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, um, it's funny because right now I, I work in pharmacy. I don't know if that's any... A secret, but uh, I work in a pharmacy, and um, lately I've been coming up with some ideas to do some online um, sketches um, about being a guy in a pharmacy. Yeah. Um, so I started asking them if I could uh, take empty bottles home, because I'm going to build my own pharmacy in my garage. And I, next thing I know, I end up taking, uh, there's all this stuff they're going to toss, and I've got almost enough stuff to make my own pharmacy. Today I'm leaving with a big box of empty bottles, and I had to go to a manager and go, could you just check those? Because I don't want to get fired for something stupid. Right. Make sure there's nothing in them. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? And I explained to them, I'm, I'm going to do some sketches online, some, you know, doing some goofy, making fun of pharmacy shit. And, right. Um, they all know, and a, a lot of them actually came down, like a show, they all came down one night, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And everybody's super supportive. They're really good about, like, if I, 
working late one night, they'll you know try and accommodate me. Like I'm doing um, Brad Garrett's in two weeks, and uh, they're gonna make sure I'm off early enough where I can get to those gigs. And they're good, you know, good, they're really good about that, which is awesome. I really appreciate it. You know, they don't have to do that. So right. you don't and do the kind of jokes, like, I remember you mentioned last time you were on that you opened with an anal sex joke. <laughs> and are you, are, have you changed your act so that your, your employers are, it's more PG-like? Because or, or, I've heard comedians say, I, you know, I don't want them to know that I'm doing this on the side because if they saw my act, they'd freak out. I, that put me down for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm that one. But that's, I tell them. Uh, <laughs> that's who I was talking about. <laughs> you can say my name. I'm not afraid. But I, tell, uh, I mean, um, I am. That's why I don't tell them. But uh, I tell anal sex jokes in the pharmacy. <laughs> really? So it would be disappointed. I'm bad. I'm really bad. I'm probably the worst. Well, plus in the there's world. tons of anal things oh, in a pharmacy well, yeah. already. Somebody's so where should I go to get my Xanax? It's like it's, it's like the, it's like the low hanging anal fruit. They're buying vaginal cream. What am I going to do? Just not make a joke about it. This is a perfect test audience. Because <laughs> uh, I, my, my whole thing is. Um, Again, it's, uh, it's, it's not necessarily like uh, I'm afraid that uh, they will, you know, they'll come see me and not like me or they're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm, he's so dirty. And, you know, like not. it's more like I just don't need it. You know what I mean? I don't need to be the comedian in the office. I've done that before. You know, uh -huh. when I was in New York and, and, you know, comedy was definitely, you know, sort of what was driving me and I just needed something to pay the bill. I told everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody would come see my shows. And I, and I, I didn't give a shit. Um, but, uh, but I feel like now I'm a, just a little more, and it's annoying, by the way. When people know you're a comic, <laughs> it's just annoying all the time. Uh -huh. they, they, they expect you to be funny, or my favorite, they'll just ask you to tell jokes. Uh -huh. I love that. Yeah, that's um, So I just, I just prefer that to just not deal with it. A handful of people that I'm friendly with, you know, mm -hmm. that, that I consider friends, you know, I'll say, hey, if you want to come down and check your show, that's fine. They know, but, uh, but yeah, I just, yeah. And plus... A lot of weird shit comes up when you Google my name, and like I don't necessarily think everyone needs to know about it. So that's fun for everybody watching. Do that. Uh, Brad asked me uh, to ask you to tell a joke. That's <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm don't kidding. you get a feeling like Brant's the kind of guy if you walked up to him, so you're a comic, tell a joke, he would fucking tell a hilarious joke immediately. Like you just get a feeling. Yeah. He's like, okay. And I'll then tell one just, of his jokes. That's what he wants. It would be great. Uh, I don't know, man. So, 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 Matt, have you had conversations with your wife that say, you know, maybe in two years we're moving to L.A.? Yeah, yeah. We had the talk the one time where uh, we, we, it was, uh, I'd said L.A., New York, or um, San Francisco. And we kind of decided to stay on this coast, like I said, because all our family's out on this side. And so um, she was ready. She really was ready. But then now I'm, I was kind of leaning more towards doing road work and getting... Uh, you know, building my act up, getting a good 45 minutes that I'm, I'm happy with, and then going to L.A. Because, um, you know, I hear a lot of stories. A lot of people, talk, I know I've heard them on this show, a lot of people go to L.A. before they're ready, and um, yeah. all it takes is getting seen by the one person, and they see you, and they go, this guy's not ready, and the next thing I know, it's like, hey, you want to go see Matt Markman? Like, no, I saw him. He's not ready. And, and, I and mean, that'll I, stick. I, I've, I've been honest. I think that that's what happened with me in New York. Well, probably my second year in New York, uh, I uh, through through like some weird twist of fate, I uh, uh, I got a hold of uh, I'll never forget her name, Joanne Grigioni, the Gridge, as she's known, <laughs> uh, out there. And she at the time was booking for Premium Blend, which was which was the show, sort of the, the lead up show, you know, to people that got specials uh, and things like that. And uh, and I got her to come see a show, and I was so fucking sure. You know what I mean? Like I was just so sure of myself. Mm -hmm. And she saw me, and uh, and I had a good set. And afterwards, she came up, and she's like, uh, "Yeah, you were really funny. You know, this, uh, you know, these two jokes I think are really strong. Uh, this other joke, you know, I've heard other people do kind of jokes like that. It's a little bit hacky." Mm -hmm. uh, she's like, "Yeah, so I think uh, I think you're gonna do really well." And then that was the last I ever heard from her. You know what I mean? And, and like I, I couldn't help like thinking back on it now. I'm like, that's one of those things. Like if I had just been a little more patient. Mm -hmm. and, and worked on it, because there was a point maybe a few years later where I, I do think that if I was given that same opportunity, I could have closed it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready at the time. So I, I, I think that it's, it's absolutely, you know, uh, you have to be uh, responsible and, and really self-aware, you know, yeah. to, to say to yourself, I know that I shouldn't do this right now. But again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and not just continuing to make an excuse, you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. saying you personally, I'm saying comics in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, can, you can set up your own roadblocks in, in life, oh, you know um, what I mean? No. And then before know. you know it, you're like, fuck, man, I, 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 had, a, I had a window and, and, I, and I screwed it up. Yeah. yeah. So if given the opportunity today, you think you would have closed that? Today, today, no. Uh, but I'm also not the best I've ever been today. 
You know what I mean? Uh, there, there, was, uh, there was a time when I was doing it literally every night, and it was my career, and I, and I was, you know, I was much stronger and, and, and tighter on stage. And, and now, uh, you know, it's, uh, last week I was saying how uh, comedy is not like riding a bicycle. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you learn it all over again. And I, I still think, so now I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm back on the way up. I'm, I'm better than I was two years ago, uh, or a year and a half ago, when I, when I first started again after taking three years off. But, but I'm not the best, you know, uh, version of my comedy self that I've ever been. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, but... So how about you, Matt? I mean, you're, you're doing this, you're working every week. Do you think that if given the opportunity to, to feature or uh, to showcase in front of, I don't know, whoever the big people you showcase in front of, do you think you're ready for that now, or do you think you still need more time to kind of get your feet under you? Um, I think I have, like, a good, strong eight minutes. I think that's what helped me get as far as I did in that competition I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I beat a lot of really great comics, Brant Tobler being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think I had a really strong eight minutes that, that really was well done. I think it, it gets not as strong after that. But, um, but I think I could do well enough to get me to a point where I could start going on the road and building, um, building my act. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you didn't have to go to uh, a job in the morning and spend eight hours there mm-hmm. and then come home just fucking beat... Uh, and you know, just wanted to take a break before you go out and, and, and do a set somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's sort of the thing that you're uh, awarded. You know that uh, I always say it, that 23 extra hours in the day when you're a full-time comic, mm-hmm. it's it's what uh, what makes you or what kills you. You yeah. know what I mean? If you if you use that time and you're like, fuck, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work. I'm gonna treat this like a job. I'm gonna work at comedy eight hours a day, even if I'm only actually telling jokes for 30 minutes or mm-hmm. an hour. Uh, you know, I think it can be amazingly successful. Uh, you know, but lots of comics don't do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's also easy to just watch MASH and get high. So, you know, it's a coin toss. Well, but, well, how, uh, how often do both of you write new material? I know for me, not as often as I want. Just recently, and I'm talking about within the past two months, I've really made it a point to, like, I got I to gotta just do something. I got to, like, the actual act of putting shit down on paper. I still think of, like, funny things, you know, like I used to. Mm-hmm. The difference is before, I would write it down, and then I would take that piece of paper, and, and I'd start sort of building on it. Like, literally, the act of having a pen in my hand and writing shit, like, that was, that was a big part of the process for me. Uh, and that's the part I don't do as much, so I'm, I'm trying to make myself do it again. I don't know if it, what, what your process is like, but... It, it's, I've tried that. It's so hard. I mean, I've tried to sit down, and I'm just staring at this paper, and then I start writing, and then, uh, you know, trying to add to it, and, and it just... It, I don't, for, for me, it's like something that sometimes works, but, but like maybe 10% of the time. So what do you do? Like, I'll hear something. I'll hear somebody say something, and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's funny. Like, and then I'll be like, I should make a joke about that. You know, like, somebody was telling a story about my, my Abraham Lincoln joke. Just mm-hmm. Somebody said, did you guys know that, you know, he knew he was going to die the day before? And I was like, oh, my God, that, I could do this, this, and then, you know, do the whole yeah. thing where the wife gets upset. Right. And I made a joke out of it, but I just overheard something. And it's just, maybe it's because your brain, like, I'm always trying to be funny all the time. I don't know, it's like a defense mechanism or whatever. But right. when, you, when I'm in public, so I, I, like, my brain will be working at that. But when I'm by myself, I have a hard time getting my brain to be funny. I don't know what it is. So, but, so okay, so you, you hear something funny. Now, right. does it all, so does the entire process for you just go on in your head, or do you? Yeah, like I start going from there. I think, oh, my God, okay, I could do this with it, or maybe this, and then, and then you know, I'll go try it on stage, and then something will come to me while I'm on stage. Uh, you know, I rarely can sit down with that piece of material and write. But do you ever write it down? Or is it like your entire act, everything you've ever written, just in your head? You know, I'll, I used to write every single thing down, and I keep saying I'm going to go back and do it, and I really should. But a lot of what it is is I'll just write Lincoln, right? And then I, I know what my Lincoln hope. joke, and then I and then I fuck it up, yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> in front of my wife and rant. <laughs> Maybe I should write them down, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I really should write everything down because I, I I think I've written things down before, and then you're looking at it and you could go, well, you know what, this. Maybe if I move this around, it'd be even funnier. Or yeah. maybe I could tag this on to the end. I, I should do that, but. Well, if you write Lincoln and you go up there and kind of wing it, have you had it where you started the joke and you, and you zigged when you should have zagged? And yeah, that's what I did with the link. The, that was the joke that I screwed up. <laughs> that's actually exactly up what last, happened. Was a week and a half ago. Yeah, I totally... Because I, I think part of it was my brain just went on autopilot. I mean, I found myself with my closer that I just, as a host, you're, you're thinking of the next comic, trying to remember their name to bring them up. Mm-hmm. And my closer, I'll literally check out and be telling the joke, but like, it's almost like, 
I don't want to say spiritual because I don't believe in that crap. But right. No, every comic knows. You what you're feel like, about. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you're telling the joke, but your brain is going, okay, his name is so and so, and he was on Letterman, he was on this. But you're you're telling the joke and going through the motions. It's it's really weird. I mean, yeah. Your mouth will often just sort of do that. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it, I've it, done it. it. You check out of the joke. A million times. You get the guy's name and you check back in and you're you're there and it, it's just such a weird thing. But it happens and I did that with a Lincoln joke. I don't know why, but and then all of a sudden I realized that I mixed something up. Where it wasn't going to make sense yeah. if I told the joke, and uh, and and yeah, I just, you know, I. Do you start? Do you get an idea? I guess what I was asking is, mm -hmm. I didn't know that the Lincoln joke was a joke that you use a lot now. Uh huh. So let's say on the way home tonight, you you see something that's funny, you go, oh shit, that's that's the genesis of a great joke. Mm -hmm. Do you then think about it, or do you just get up on stage, know kind of where you're going to go with the joke, and then just swing, and see how it goes? I I think about it. Um, at the time, and I try and go from there. Like usually when I'm driving, and in the shower for some reason, that like I don't Any know time? maybe because yeah. there's no TV or no video games or no computer <laughs> or internet that maybe your brain you, you have no distractions. So like that's when I sit there and think about it most. But for me, the one time I really come up with stuff is on the way to a gig. Oh, it's me that too. crunch yeah. time. It's a, like I got to bring this joke up and it's not ready, and your brain starts going. What if you did this? What if you did that? Because you've got to tell this joke tonight. Right. And that's, that's really what, like, I think it's the pressure and the deadline that makes me, um, you know, Louis C.K., I don't want to compare myself to Louis C.K., because right. he's a great yeah. comic, but he said to himself, he clears all his jokes off and says, book me for dates starting in September. So they'll start booking him in dates for September for his tour, and he says, now I have a deadline, and I have zero jokes. Yeah. So I, I, that deadline is what forces me to write a bunch of new jokes. And I think that that's a big part of it. Maybe that's why, you know, if I don't, if I only get up once or twice a week, I, you know, it's one thing. But if I'm getting up, like, I find the weeks that I work, Monday through Sunday, I get, I get jokes written. Yeah. It's because I have to go up each night and I think, well, I'm going to take advantage of this and, and try and get a new joke out of it tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this joke or I'm going to try and add this to this thing and build my act. And that's why I need to, to I think, get up. Right. And, and, and more than um, just, you know, getting up and doing a, 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 a spot somewhere five-minute, seven-minute spot somewhere, is you go up and you, you, you have to do a half hour as a feature on the road Monday through Sunday. That's a lot of time for you to work on stuff. Yeah, that's also the rough part about uh, working in Vegas is shows oh, are, are yeah. notoriously shorter because they don't want you watching a show. They'd much rather you be at a nickel <laughs> slot. It is more important for you to be at a nickel slot <laughs> than watching a show. Right. Everybody yep. who owns a club here will tell you that. Uh, so it's so tight. You know, so whereas you know, as a feature act, you do 30 on the road, you're doing 15. And, and it's hard, you know, for, for me, I, I do sort of, uh, I don't want to say storytelling, but, but a version of storytelling. You know, I, I feel like there's sort of a thread that, that you kind of have to go through. And the more time I'm given, the more I can weave that thread and kind yeah. of build my act. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard <clears throat> when, when you're crunched. Uh, to kind of answer your question, Scott, for, for me, uh, I will do something similar to what you're saying. I will never just say, oh, man, I have this idea and it was funny. I'm going to go up on stage and <clears throat> figure it out. I will never start a joke that I don't have an end for. It might not be the best end, and I know almost any time I write a joke that that first version of the joke will never be the final version of mm -hmm. that joke. But, uh, but I'll never just go up on stage saying, hey, I heard this funny thing on TV. Uh, let's see what happens if I start talking about it. Like, I, I just, I will never do that. I will, I will always have a place where I know I'm headed. And uh -huh. I need that. For me, I, I need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you find yourself, uh, you have a plan A for the joke, it's not quite right. Right. Do you then immediately get off and write the change, or how do you, how do you manage that? A, a lot of times. A lot of times I'll, I'll think, man, uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, when I'm telling the joke, sometimes shit will come to you. I mean, every comic will tell you that. I'm sure you know, you, you'll be telling a joke, and some shit just comes to you on stage, you know what I mean? And, and you just kind of start playing with it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, a lot of the jokes that, that I've started sort of get built out that way, or, uh, you know, or, or talking to somebody in the audience throughout the course of a joke. Like that, that's, that's a very common way that I think comics build their material. But as far as just, just going up with, with nothing but this sort of kernel, uh, I, I can't do it. I, I, my brain won't let, allow me. Do you guys record every set you do? I hate it. <laughs> I, uh, I should. Every, you're supposed to. I, I hate listening to it's the myself. Yeah, watching yourself is the worst thing in the world. Because yeah. I am the worst, the absolute worst, my worst critic. Yeah. I'll have a great set. And people will be like, that was great. And I'll be like, yeah, but I totally screwed this up. And I should have done this. And I should have done that. And I'm just the worst. And I hate watching myself. Because I, I can't. I try and do it constructively, but it's so hard. You just, I just want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's I hate so this stupid. Guy. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Why would you do that? 
That's so stupid. You, what are you doing with your hands? I mean, right. and I know I got to do it because then, but I don't know. It, it's just the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, it's that whole ostrich syndrome. I don't right. see me doing stupid crap. So, well, and, and also, going back to <clears throat> comics being their own worst critics, has that ever happened to you where you'll come off stage and you'll just be like, fuck, man, that was, that was awful. Yeah. Or, or, yeah and, and then, you know, people come up, they're like, oh, that was great. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, working after I hadn't worked for three weeks, and, and everything was fine. Like, the audience laughed, and people came up afterwards and, and, you know, said, hey, great show. But, like, I knew that I didn't feel right. right. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't in the kind of rhythm that I like to be. Uh, and, and maybe things didn't come out the way I wanted them to. So, you know, it's, it, the, way, the way an audience might judge you and the way you judge you is, is way different. Mm -hmm. And it's almost never made better by me listening to it later. No. If anything, I just go into like more self-loathing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I yeah. do it, even if it is technical. Uh, let me ask you a financial question. We've had a chance to talk to many comedians here, either on the air or off, off the air, where they talk about the kind of money they can make and sometimes they've said they've made a lot of money, but at the same time, they take gigs for, for free, for almost nothing. How, how, do you, how do you allow yourself to do that when you know that you're worth, let's say, $1,000 a show as a number? And then you got somebody saying, well, you know, we'll have you do three shows and we'll pay you a third of that. And a lot of comedians are taking that because I guess that's what's offered to them. But how do you, how do you allow yourself to do that? What's the thinking behind doing that? Doesn't that kind of make you feel like, oh, man, we're discounting our, our value as entertainers? That's a good question. I, I remember when I, one of the first guest spots I ever did when I was still living in Tucson, I hadn't even done a pro show yet. Uh, I, I, did, you know, I had a really good spot, and uh, I was talking to the headliner, a funny guy named Danny Viapondo. And, uh, and he, he was kind of doing that thing where, you know, he's, he's drinking his beer and he's like snickering at me because he can tell, like, I'm just fucking glowing, you know, that I had this really good set. <laughs> And, uh, and he, you know, he came over, he's like, yeah, that was really funny, man. He's like, I think, I think you're going to do all right. And then, like, he almost said to himself, he's like, I don't remember being like you. You know, he's like, just, just so excited to just go and just do it. Didn't matter where, didn't matter what the pay. He's like, and now, you know, you start thinking to yourself, you know, there's some gigs I just won't do <clears> for 50 bucks. There's some gigs I won't do for 100 bucks oh, yeah. anymore. And I remember thinking, like, 100 bucks? <laughs> Are you, you make crazy? That kind of <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's weird. And, uh, and again, yeah, so, so you know, you, you do some big shows, and, and, you, and you work for weeks, and, and you know, as, as a professional comic, you know, you still will go out and you'll do free shows. Do, yeah. do you ever think to yourself, I got to knock that shit off, man? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, very recently. <laughs> very All the good. time. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, because it does. And I've heard the story when I started out. They said it devalues what we do. Of course. And it, and, but the problem is there's always someone that's going to do it. I mean, and a perfect example is I got an email today from a person that I just started working for. She books a great room, pays really well. And the, the email was that, this place is going with another company. They actually got the list of comics that worked there and then told her that she was not going to be booking that club anymore. And this other place is going to undercut her. They're going to do it for less. And she said, I understand there's going to be comics out there that are still going to take this, this work, but I'd rather they didn't. And that's when I say to myself, well, I haven't been offered the job yet. Right. However, I don't know when it comes to me, am I going to be in a situation where I need, you know, like, it, you know, say it paid like $300 and they call me and say, we need you to do it for 150 Am I, would that 150 help me out? Yeah, I might do it, you know? Right. It's just kind of one of those things. I want to be loyal because she gave me, a, you know, she's given me a lot of work, but then on the other hand, you know, you ask yourself, do you need it? I, I, I say to myself, I want to be loyal, and I, that's where I stand right now, but, you know, I, I think it's just all where the person is at the time. Yeah, and it's so rough because as a comic, you have, unless you're a certain level of comic, you have no bargaining power. No. You don't. No. Because, like, I mean, most, even, even if you're, you know, way funnier than somebody else. If somebody else will take that gig and not clear the room, just walk them because they're so terrible, <laughs> they'll pay somebody else. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's fine. You won't do it for this money. You know what? This guy's not as good as you. He'll take the money. We'll take him. Yeah. You know, we, we, there's, just, there's just no bargaining power uh, when you're, you know, an, an unknown mm -hmm. comic. A yeah. couple things here. Uh, Brand actually says that we do it because it's addicting. We always do it for free because we just want to get on stage. It's like it's a, a huge, drug. Huge part That's of it. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's let me crazy. ask you something. So for a while, I was I was a, a full-time musician, and instead of playing bars, which paid really poorly, what I did is I focused on corporate gigs, which paid very, very, very well, and then sold a bunch of CDs through a variety of ways. And then when a a club approached me, I had a whole different story for them. You know, my normal charge is X, I've sold this many CDs, 
I'm not doing your, your $200 for four-hour gig. Can you translate that kind of thing in comedy as well? Can you take success in corporate gigs and move that into the clubs, which apparently is where it seems to me most comedians really want to do well in? I would say not as easily uh, at all. No, I mean, no, no club is uh, booking comics because they do really well in the corporate scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if anything, it's the other way around. You know, you could do really well in the clubs, and, uh, and someone who books corporate could say, I think you're really good for this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it necessarily <clears throat> works the, the other way around. But, um, but yeah, it, it, again, it's, it's just it's hard to leverage. I, I don't think, I, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's the easiest thing in the world to be a musician either. It, it's incredibly hard. But I, I still think that in the, in the hierarchy of the way people look at entertainers, people value a, a musician more than they value a comic. There's, yeah. you know, I don't know if it's because you know, we, we talk about shit all day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's just something, something about the way uh, uh, business people look at comedy is just sort of this thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, and it's, it's rare when you find someone that really sort of values it the way most comics value it. So it's hard. So you're left with that choice. You know, like, like Brand said, I, I, he needs to get up on stage. I feel like I need to get up on stage. I, I know I've been doing this for a long time. I know that you know, uh, normally I, I get paid money to do it. But if someone says, hey, I got a spot. You want to do it? Doesn't pay anything. What am I going to do? I can either do a spot or either way I get zero dollars. That's yeah. the way I think about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to get zero dollars tonight. So do I get zero dollars sitting on my couch or do I get zero dollars uh, doing this thing that, that I, I fucking love doing? And, and that's what it comes down to. And, and the problem, it's, it's sort of the, 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 the curse and, and the blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, the blessing is we get to do this thing that we love it. The curse is you keep working for nothing. How you suddenly flip that switch and say, okay, I know I worked for nothing for like a, a lot of times for you. Now, though, you have to give me money. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. Well, you know, I think that it all comes down to the fact that people don't consider comedy, they don't consider us artists. And I, you know, and I had a hard time with that word for a long time because it's such a weird word. I hated that word. But realistically, yeah, but realistically, what we do is an art form. You know, you, it takes talent, I think, to do what we do. Because you look at like, like I'm not, I'm not knocking music by any means, but like, like there's karaoke is everywhere, and people are just like, I've never sang before in my life. I'm gonna get up and sing that song, and they'll right. go do that. But there's not comedy karaoke everywhere, and people aren't just getting up trying to be funny. Right. Because it's it's hard, and like I said, music's very hard. That's why I don't do it because I suck at it. Right. I have a very good singing. Right. But people are willing to just jump up and do that. Right. But like, but like, they still won't consider what we do like art. So it's it's kind of like under, you know, an artist or a, a a musician or any of that stuff. Right. And, so it's and not I, considered. And I and I also think that people look at a musician and they know that they can't do that. Yeah. But you know, you watch a comic uh, who makes it look so easy, and you just assume you can because it seems that easy. Uh, anyway, we could, we could lament forever, and we probably will for another beer's worth uh, after the show. But we've got to wrap it up. Uh, really quickly, will you, will you share a Hellgate story? You've never shared one. Give, give, me, a, give me a favorite. Um, okay, um, this is a pretty good one. I, I went to do this show at an um, Ethiopian restaurant. Right. Which, as you know... <laughs> Hilarious! It's every a part pot of comedy. Every part of an Ethiopian restaurant is hilarious. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In itself, Ethiopian restaurant. Right. So I show up. Um, my wife and I are the only white people there. <laughs> okay. So you know it's gonna be good. Um, <laughs> which and they thought we were Mexican. Right. One of the I would play that. people on the stage. Yeah, I probably should have stuck with that. Yeah. Um, thought we were Mexican, but I walked in and there was a black guy on stage playing uh, what looked like an electric fiddle. Okay, with a bunch of black people in the audience. So um, we were sitting there waiting for my time to go up, and it was um, it was comedian, and then whatever you know, electric or whatever. <laughs> so I get up there, and uh, I thought it'd be hilarious to say, uh, I just want to point something out. Uh, I'm the only white person in here, and I walked in here, and there was a black man on stage with a fiddle playing, and it was all black people. And I just want to say, if the roles were reversed, and a black man walked in, there was a white guy on stage playing a fiddle. With all white people, you'd have got the fuck out of here. That's a good job. Here I am to make you guys laugh. And uh, yeah, they did not laugh at that. What? And uh, the whole time the guy with the fiddle was in the front row talking to this table of girls trying to bang him. And, uh, and it was awful. <laughs> and uh, they were supposed to pay and did not get paid. And it was, uh, oh, it was yeah. terrible. It was terrible, <laughs> terrible. 
oh, if only every comic story didn't end with, and I did not get paid. And I did not get paid. <laughs> uh, all right. Matt Markman, thank you very much, thank sir. Thank you. Thank Pleasure. you. Appreciate it. We will have awesome. you back again very soon. Please. I love uh, talking comedy with you. And, uh, and that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, go to, uh, go to the Vegas Video Network site and check out the Awkward Silence thread. We, uh, we may have a, a very big guest next week. I feel like uh, I don't want to like shit on it because if we don't, then like the next person that actually does come in, I don't want to feel bad. But uh, but we'll make an announcement on who uh, our guest is going to be uh, probably early next week. So go to Vegas Video Network uh, and check out the awkward silence thread. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Bye. Bye. -bye.